This is Manya from Friendshipable, a Project BFF podcast. Along with my co-host Terry, we love talking about friendships, talking with others who think about friendships, and learning about these important relationships in our lives. If you like this content, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash projectbff, or subscribe to the podcast via your favorite podcast app. If you have a podcast, consider hosting it on Buzzsprout. We love it. They make it so easy. And we have a link in our show notes for you. Thanks. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Friendshipable, a Project BFF podcast. I am one of your hosts, Manya. And I am also one of your hosts. I'm your other host. I'm Terry. And we are very happy to have with us today, Cindy Burns. And we're so glad that you we were able to connect with you, Cindy. And why don't you tell our listeners something about yourself? Well, um, <laughs> I'm a widow of 12 years. I have six adult sons. And I am a life coach for the widowed. Wow. That is an important job. I think that is mm-hmm. such an, a big transition in someone's life. Mm-hmm. I what, hope, what yes, got you go, started? Please, go ahead. What got you started being a coach for? What got me started was, um, you know, I went through the first month or so, you know, like everybody does kind of a haze. And then things started happening in my family. Like, one son got married, another one was in a car accident, the married son had a baby, and then he went to Afghanistan, he's in the army, and got cancer. (laughs) So, you know, so I went to help out with the baby while he was going through chemo. It just was all these things going on. And um, it was finally, finally about five or six years in, things calmed down. And suddenly I had nobody to take care of. I didn't have, my kids didn't need me anymore. I didn't, you know, I wasn't a wife and I was getting ready to retire. And I thought, wow, you know, who who am I if I'm not a wife and mother? I'd been that for 40 years Mm -hmm. and I kind of spiraled. I kind of, kind of went into a depression. Most days I didn't even bother getting dressed I went from my bed to my recliner and back again. And I eventually realized that that was not a life and it wasn't a life I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was going to have, you know, I I was too young to die. Mm -hmm. I I had more time and I didn't want to live like that the entire time. So I went online. I tried a bunch of different things and they didn't. They didn't work out, but it got me out of the house. At least it got me, pulled me up out of the the depression that I was in. And in all of this, somebody mentioned life coaching. And I thought, well, that's what I've done with my kids my whole life. Uh, yes. <laughs> and helping yes. through things through life. So I looked into it and the very first course that came up was a life purpose coach. And I thought, okay, somebody's trying to tell me something. And I took the course. And as I'm going through it, I'm going, oh, I knew that. I knew that. I knew all the stuff. I just wasn't doing it. And 
by the end of the course, not only could I help other people find their purpose, but I had found mine. And that was to help other widows go, who were going through the same thing. When when you came to that realization, and it's so wonderful that after all of that, you did find the light switch was turned on in a way. Um, and you look back on those years leading up to that. Did you, was it a matter of as a person and as a professional and as an adult, you knew what to do, but the it was just so overwhelming that there was not that that guidance to right. act on it. A little of both. What I say is I wish there was a me back when I needed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, yeah, just just somebody to help help me figure out who I am. If, am mm-hmm. I still the same woman I was when I was married? Or maybe I'm the woman I was before marriage. Or maybe I'm completely different now. I think I'm different than mm-hmm. all of it now. But um, I've gotten to the point where I really like who I am for the first time oh. in my life. I really am comfortable in my own skin. And um, I'm confident. And that, that sounds like that's even the bigger picture, like before you were even married. This sounds like there's so, uh, a oh, yeah. big, much, much more monumental change to place. Yeah. Yeah. There were there were things. Um, for some reason, I'd always felt um, that I didn't measure up and there's no reason for it. No. But, you know, you get you get these the negative thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're you're belief systems and I call them BS. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, I love that. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're it's been there all along and now we finally know. Yes. Yes. You kind of have to retrain your brain. You hear it all the time, especially those of us in business, mm-hmm. you know, we hear about mindset and everything. And, but you think of it as other people. You know, you have to help somebody else with their mindset, but you need to do it for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's things that after you know, after you hear it, you go, well, duh. <laughs> you know? But when you're going through it, you can't see it. You're too close to it. And that is that's so true of so many things that we can't oh. see it when we're going through it. And that's where someone like yourself working with other widows and widowers can help people see what's what's going on and, you know, where they can make changes or or what's really going on with them. How do you um, I guess, how do you help somebody through this difficult time in their life? It all depends on when they come to me how or how early what stage they're at um if they're early on best thing you can do is just listen and let them know that you know they're not alone other people have gone through it too everybody's journey is different and everybody's grief journey is every grief journey is different like i grieve differently for my mother than i did my husband you know than i did our our pet you know, you, you grieve differently. So you can't say, oh, I've been through it. I know what to expect because you don't. No. And that's the hardest part. So once you realize that, okay, what I'm feeling is normal, 
I will survive this. Then you get to the point where um, hopefully you want to you want to thrive, not just survive. And most most people come to me maybe about three to six months where they're starting to to get past the you know crying all day every day and starting to look around and say, okay, you know, I, I've got this life. What am I going to do with it? And, and how do I do it? And the first thing I do is I help them um, with their confidence. Mm -hmm. I help them find, figure out who they are, who they want to be and whether, whether what they want to be is attainable for them. Because I want to be this free spirit and just and it's not me I gotta have a plan <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to be and what I am are never going to I have to I have to figure out a new want to be and I that's what I help you know the men and women that come to me with you know is your ideal of yourself workable and if not let's figure out who you are and okay. then be then you know step in out of your comfort zone so that you can practice having confidence and as you describe that i would imagine what also starts becoming part of your work and your conversations with them is not just the way this a woman now feels in the loss of a husband or and having to take on these new new roles but also just in general you were just talking about like a three-month mark or starting mm -hmm. to feel like okay what are my next steps you know a lot of us spend some part of our lives not, not every day but look how asking that question so where is the shift or is there is there always underlying is getting uh, you know, the the experiencing the loss while making yes. that progress and moving yes. forward. That's what it is. That's underlying. Like I do have a client now. She's not a widow. She is that she hasn't come to me for grief. She came to me mm -hmm. because um she had things she wanted to do and she didn't know how to get about go about doing it. It was all jumbled up. So I helped her, you know, plan out what she was going to do. Mm -hmm. And that's similar to what I do with the widows and widowers, but it's underlying it is always that sense of loss and sense of grief. I love my life now, but I wish my husband was here to share it with me. I'm sure. And it wouldn't look like it it does now because I wouldn't be doing what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't have had the experience to put me here. So it's it's always underlying. It does grief doesn't go away it just gets easier to manage and there's still triggers you know it's interesting what you say about you know you wish your husband were still here and you love your life now but and you know it would be different if he were still here how those things can exist together yeah yeah it's some people have mentioned that they feel guilty for creating a new life without their husband. I said, well, you know what? He's not here. <laughs> you have, and, and you have to accept that. When you accept that, when you accept that you can't, that's the one thing in your life you cannot change, then you're able to move forward. And that's, for some people, that takes quite a while. 
but others, you know, it's, and it doesn't matter how long you were married. It doesn't matter how much you loved each other. It's just your personality, you know, you, what you've got inside Mm -hmm. and it, everybody's different. How, how much of the, the work or the, the, that feeling of finally arriving again, where you've arrived at is also has part to do with the family around you. Like you have six grown sons and everybody has either adult children, young children, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters. What is it also sometimes helping them reset so that you can enable yourself to move forward? Sometimes you get pushback from other family members. If you want, if you feel ready to start dating after four months, some people are like, no, you wait a year. Um, You've got to do what's right for you. You can't really, you can't please everybody all the time. The one person you have to live with is yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing what's true to you, you know, and and you have to kind of be gentle about it, but correct their thinking you know yeah and you know some people they say that you know I feel guilty being happy I feel guilty laughing we were laughing at his funeral yeah because that's (laughs) the way we are Mm -hmm. and and that's the thing you know I had one one guy say to me um you know I do I feel guilty having fun and I said did she like for you to have fun? Did she like your laugh? Did she like your smile? He said, oh yeah, she did all kinds of stuff to make me laugh. I said, well, there you go. You're not, you're not dishonoring her. You're honoring her by laughing and having fun. So Absolutely. sometimes you got to say things over and over and over again, <laughs> but. You know, we talked about family and those relationships when someone is grieving, what is the role of what are the role of a friend? How can a friend help someone through this transition? The very best thing you can do is just be there. Just show up on her doorstep with a cup of coffee from Starbucks and you know, mm-hmm. some kind of treat and say, let's watch Netflix or let's break into some of those casseroles that you've got in the freezer. <laughs> um just don't wait for her to call on you because we don't, we don't ask for help. Um, it's, it's not, people tell us, oh, you're so strong. So of course you have to keep up that, that facade and you're not strong at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so, but to keep up that facade, we don't ask for help unless it's, you know, if, if you've got a friend who's who has children, younger children, just show up and say, I got the kids, you go take a nap. Mm-hmm. Or I got the kids, you go watch it, you know, go go just watch TV or watch them go to the movies or just go do something. Um, don't be afraid to talk about the spouse, the husband mm-hmm. or wife that's gone, because it, it's really kind of hurtful to have somebody close to you that never mentions them. Yeah. And so many times um, widows and widowers lose the friends they had because 
there's a there's a disconnect mm-hmm. um, because the friend is afraid to mention them, you know, the, the deceased. Um, friends may back off and not contact you because they want to give you space. They'll figure you're going to reach out when you're ready. And then we're thinking, after where the funeral, like, where'd everybody go? You know, right. we're hurt. Right. And so, especially for us, our nerves are right at the very top. You know, it doesn't take much to hurt our feelings. And um, so you just be careful what you say and what, you know, and, but be there. Definitely be there. Don't go asking, you know, you going to sell the truck? Yeah. <laughs> or, um, you know, what are you going to do with that huge big screen TV? I'm going to watch it. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, it, it's probably some of it could be just putting a focus on the, the future, what's next, and moving forward. And I would imagine that the, the friend in that situation is like, I'm here where I am now. So I'm not worried about so many things at this point in time. And we all say stupid things. Yeah, we all do. Um, it was brought to my attention the other day. Um, one of my sons lost his dog to a terrible accident. The His collar had gotten caught on something and he choked and he, he you know, he died mm-hmm. that way. And when he called to tell me about it, he said, the first thing out of my mouth was, well, you should have had one of those breakaway collars. Now, I don't remember saying that. But if he, if he think if he said I said it I must have said it, and he said that's why I haven't called you in in a while. Oh, and I God. said I I had no idea. I said you know it was a very stupid thing for me to say, mm-hmm. you know. And we all do it. Everybody says stupid things, so we're good now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah. So forgive yourself and ask for forgiveness when you say something and later think that. That was really a jerky kind of thing to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ask for forgiveness and realize that we all, we're not perfect. Right. And, and as individuals, for the most part, we're all navigating this for the first time, given yes. the relationships and given, yeah, yeah. Is we there, don't, I'm sorry, Cindy, go ahead. We don't get through life without grief, but when we encounter it, especially for the first time with somebody super close, it's a hard thing to get through. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Have you come across individuals where grief is concerned related to divorces? Are there people that you've coached or you've talked to? Because that is, it's not a, a physical life loss, but it is a loss probably of dreams and hopes and history. Well, I said, when you're, when your spouse dies, you lose, you not only lose them, their company Mm -hmm. and, you know, them physically, but you lose the future you thought you were going to have together. And the same thing with divorce, unless Mm -hmm. you've been, you know, fighting and screaming and all, Mm -hmm. and you knew it was coming, Mm -hmm. but that's not always, that's not often the case. And the funny thing is I, I had to laugh when you asked me about it. Because I um, had a conversation with a woman. We were trying, she's professional. And we were trying to figure out if there was a way we could work together, you know, just like share our clients or whatever. 
and um, you know, form some kind of a partnership. So we set aside um, an hour to talk and she talked the entire hour about her divorce that had taken place 10 years before. She's still, you know, she was still grieving it. It was still hard for her. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't begrudge her that time. That was, you know, she needed to say it. Mm -hmm. So, well, I had, I was thinking about your podcast and I was wondering some of the guests that you've had, are there, there probably are common threads in the conversations that you've had with them, but what is one individual that has really stood out for you in terms of, you know, and maybe you could just, in the moments we have left, you can just kind of do touch points on what you're learning and hearing from the people you're talking with during yeah. your podcast. My podcast is highlighting people who have had an experience of grief and use that as a jumping off point to, to do something good. So mm. that's called the Good Grief Podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, just the one that first pops to mind, it's not by any means the most um, striking, but there's a woman, she lost her her infant son her husband and his, her brother all in the space of a year. And all of them were, were shocks. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until five or six years later, her father died. And she realized that um, all the sympathy cards, you know, she put them together with all the ones she had before she kept them, you know, because we do stupid things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she was looking at them and she says, these suck, <laughs> you know? And so she she started her own line of greeting cards. Oh. Yeah. And they're wonderful. The, the casserole thing, that was from one of her cards. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And it's, you know, just, it's, it's a lot of the cards are ones that you're going to send after three months or six months, you know, just thinking about you, you know, and they're, they're very simple and they're, some are humorous, some are heartfelt. There isn't like this big long poem inside. There's they're blank inside, so, so you can write. Right, it right. Yeah, and wow. Yeah, and then another one was um, I just posted it yesterday. Her mother um, was dying from cancer, and she decided she was going to heal her mother through food. So she did a lot of research into food, and she cooked these wonderful meals and stuff. And she didn't heal her mother, but she healed her family mm-hmm. through food because it, it just brought everybody together at the mm-hmm. dinner table. She She's having a hard time with her grief over losing her mother. So she's not always present, even mm-hmm. though she's there. But at the dinner table, over food is when they connect. And I thought that was wonderful. And she's got a, a wonderful food. Fl- food blog and yeah wow what a wonderful way of healing and sharing how to heal with others that way that's wonderful we start off with their story so we start off with a downer Uh uh-huh but we end on a on a high note because that's kind of what i'm all about is hope and belief in in the things will be better you can make them better 
We're definitely going to include a link to your podcast in the show notes so people can start listening to that as well. How else can our listeners reach you, Cindy? Um, If you are a widow or widower, I invite you to join my Facebook group. It's Widow and Widower Support Group Finding Purpose. And I think you've got a link to that. We will include a link to that for sure. And um, if you're not, but you want to get in touch with me, you know, about anything we've talked about, my uh, email is cindy at cindyjburns.com. Excellent. Thank you. As I said, we'll put those links in the show notes so folks can reach you to learn more about what is really a quite important phase in in many people's lives. So thank you for the good work that you do, Cindy. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was wonderful meeting you and talking with you and and talking about what you've turned your passion and your life into. And thanks to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you again soon.